What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. going on peeps welcome to episode 86 of the fretzelmania podcast the one with the proposal <laughs> this week i'm reviewing smackdown from september 5th 2002 we have a new number one contender to the wwe championship that is of course now exclusive to the blue brand but, but before we get into the rigors of this show, I, of course, like to see what else is going on in the WWE and elsewhere in the world of wrestling. Of course, tonight's SmackDown is from the Rec Center in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Monday Night Raw, just three days before this, was at the Bradley Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Speaking of Wisconsin, shout out. To, of course, Nate, the effing great, who is a native of that state. On Raw, we had Bubba Ray Dudley and Trish Stratus defeating Christopher Nowinski and Molly Holly in an intergender tag team tables match. Booker T defeated William Regal of the Un-Americans. Triple H defeated Ric Flair to retain... Oh, the new World Heavyweight Championship, which is now the main belt of Monday Night Raw. That is Big Gold, the WCW Championship, which Triple H was literally handed by Eric Bischoff. The Big Red Machine, Kane, defeated the tag team champions Christian in and Lance Storm in a two-on-one non-title handicap match. And this could be where Kane could say to himself that, I am the tag team champions! The Big Show defeated Tommy Dreamer by DQ. Crash Holly versus Jeff Hardy ended in a no contest. I think either three-minute warning or someone was sent out here to sabotage this match because raw general manager eric bischoff got word that someone from raw was leaving for smackdown to be with their family now of course jeff's brother matt hardy version one recently debuted on smackdown however it turns out that Jeff Hardy wasn't the one leaving Monday Night Raw. But it was Crash, as he admitted to going back up the ramp. It's like, oh yeah, um, Mr. Bischoff 
Jeff's not the one leaving for SmackDown. I am. But Fretz, Crash doesn't have any family on the blue brand. Oh, contraire, mon frere. Did you forget about his kayfabe cousin, Bob Hardcore Holly? Did you forget that at one point in time, Crash Holly weighed allegedly over 400 pounds, as did Bob Holly, the Houdini of Hardcore. Sans Hardcore Division is heading over to the blue brand, and spoiler alert, he is on this very episode of SmackDown. Very interesting developments here, and uh, it gives Jeff Hardy a reason to not want to stick around. Terry Reynolds and Stacey Keebler had a lingerie pillow fight that went just over a minute with special referee Jerry Lawler because, of course, the Horn Dog is going to be involved in every women's gimmick match. I'm surprised he didn't get thrown in gravy in this one. And in the main event, we had Ric Flair and Rob Van Dam defeating Chris Jericho and Triple H. Very interesting here. Rob Van Dam and Triple H are about to go into a program together. And Ric Flair, he's in this awkward spot in between being the GM of Raw and going to evolution. He's kind of having his midlife crisis moment here. He's having his washed up moment here. Like Triple H went in the locker room and uh, kind of called him out for being, you know, not the same Ric Flair, not the Ric Flair of old, you know, the Ric Flair that had bangers with Harley Race and Ricky Steamboat, Barry Windham, to name a few. Meanwhile, at NWA TNA, we had yet another one here on the. Oh, hang on. NWA TNA was actually on a brief hiatus at this point in time after last week's show that aired on the 28th of August. The, nine four, the September 4th show was a highlight show, I guess, over the past 11 weeks of NWA TNA. And there was no show on 9-11, as that was the first anniversary of the attacks in New York. What wasn't canceled was uh, Apron Bump and RA Era Podcast's favorite show, Velocity. Just want to give a quick plug here to Apron Boat Podcast, of which this pa- of which this past week, I was a special guest on discussing ECW Holiday Hell, nineteen ninety five. And if you want to hear about Cactus Jack and Sabu in an Olympic rules match, you heard that right. Check out that show. Also has Mantar. So September seventh, two thousand and two's episode of Velocity had Billy Kidman defeating Albert. Funaki defeating Mike Awesome. I'm just going to breeze past that because it's just so fucking depressing. And John Cena defeating Chavo Guerrero Jr. Now, September 5th, September 5th, 02 SmackDown in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I imagine Ken Anderson probably had a dark match on that show, but I didn't look it up. 
kicking off with action right away between Rey Mysterio and Billy Gunn. And Billy Gunn has gone from King of the Ring to this. No offense to Rey Mysterio or Chuck Palumbo. Billy does a does the snake eyes. The the crowd just chants utterly homophobic things at Rico, and it's only gonna get worse because uh well, you saw the title of this episode, right? Uh, the suplex reversed into a drop kick to the knee by Ray Ray. A sick clothesline by Billy Kidman. The 619 is a 619. That's German for no. And Chuck grabs Ray from the outside. A pop up power slam was reversed into a roll up for the win for Ray Mysterio. After the match, Rico grabs the microphone. He tries to calm Billy down and says, Billy, after tonight, this will be the best moment in your career. No, it'll be the best moment in your entire life. Chuck, it's time. Do it now. And then Chuck, reluctantly, at the behest of Rico, gets down on one knee and proposes. To Billy Gunn. And he digs deep into his tights here. I mean, digs real deep. You know, it looked like he was going to whip out his insert motorcycle pipe dick joke here. And brings out a ring. He pulls out the love, which is a ring. He's like, bro, you've been the... A great tag team partner. Why don't you be my tag team partner? Billy says yes. He puts the ring on in a way that looks exactly like uh, Scissor Me Daddy Ass. And I can't believe I just said those four words in the context of 2002 and a pseudo same sex marriage context. I guess this was ahead of its time. So yeah, next week on SmackDown, we are getting a commitment ceremony, a <clears throat> a wedding of sorts between Billy and Chuck. And I am reviewing that show with Kyle from the Apron Bump podcast because, hey, he was just on my show. I figured next week, let him return the favor. Coming up next for the Cruiserweight Championship, we have Jamie Noble versus Shannon Moore, because the three-count versus Young Dragons feud just won't die. And tonight's SmackDown is brought to you by Foot Locker, maximum hair color for guys where you can vote on the 2002 Babe of the Year and clear a sale because WWE really knows its audience. We see a Topecon Hello by Shannon Moore, a sign that is shown in a way that would get corrected in that uh, crying lady pointing at cat meme or the or the Spock and Picard meme. Steph, show us your puppies. Or it could be Steph, us, show puppies your. I don't know. It was worded and visually ambiguous. It was weird. Noble with a really nice high angle back suplex. 
We want Poppy's chant because in 2002, no one gives a shit about cruiserweight wrestling. Look, there's Nydia on the outside of the ring. Nydia has breasts. Let's ogle them. Let's all ogle Nydia, everybody. Let's chant at her tits instead of these two talented wrestlers in the ring busting their ass. A really nice heel kick by Shannon Moore. The Morgasm and the more salt. The whisper in the wind. And it's all Shannon Moore here for a little bit until Jamie Noble gets the advantage here. Roll up. Reversal after reversal after reversal as per cruiserweight rule. Noble sends Moore in to the ring post and a seated senton from the top rope is reversed into a powerbomb. Tiger driver and still cruiserweight champion. Everyone's favorite trailer park trash, Jamie Noble. Backstage, Paul Heyman is pumping Brock Lesnar up for his Non-title match tonight with Randy Orton. He implores Brock not to take Orton lightly. He knows you. He came up through developmental with you. No, he's 20 years old. This and that. Blah, blah, blah. And Randy Orton then walks into frame and says, I respect you, but I don't sweat you. That's a great catchphrase. That could have been a neat cocky baby face catchphrase that is that's awesome here and of course uh, these two had main event SummerSlam some 15 years or so later big full circle moment here Nate take a shot we then get a plug for the main event between Taker Rikishi and Edge going up against Chris Benoit Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero get in just let's go here Eddie and Keish are hyping each other back up here. And Keish's awesome t-shirt that has the plumber crack in the back. And Edge says, you know, this is home of the Cheeseheads. Let's also make this home of the Edgeheads. Are you going to back that ass up? Then Rikishi says something here that just caught me completely off guard. And I thought it was a crock of crap here. Says the stink face is not supposed to be funny. It's symbolic. You know, it's symbolic of the ass of life. People like me have been getting the ass of life for too long, and it stinks. It stinks. Jay Sherman, shout out if you get that reference. And then he says that, you know, someone's going to get the ass of life, something, something, stink face, something, something, back that ass up. Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton is right now the SummerSlam 2016 main event 14 years before that fact. And to see how far these two came in those years is uh, nothing short of amazing. Just it's great looking at this with hindsight. It's it's so interesting. And right away Orton wastes no time going right for Brock, ta- targeting the back and the leg, goes for a roll up, but then Brock Lesnar just says suplex city bitch overhead belly to belly, sent him to the post into the outside and it looks like that's a spot that could have injured a man's shoulder and put him out of action and then gave us news broadcasts rnn oh man that's coming up this is this is fun brock has a really nice sto that taz calls a jujitsu takedown shout out to my brother who just got his blue belt in in jujitsu we see an 
a half Oklahoma Stampede, just the power the power slam into the corner, but without Dr. Death's power slam into the ring. We see the train wreck by Randy Orton. That's the holding them up for the Canadian backbreaker and dropping down to the knees. Orton's headlock headlock backbreaker. Holy crap. Orton's getting a lot of offense here on the beast, but lol, crossbody roll through, F5, and that is that. Coming up next, after this ad break, we have the newest signee to SmackDown. We have Reverend Devon versus not Deacon Batista, and so much more. Stay tuned. This portion of the show is brought to you by Wrestle Attic Radio's merch store on Spring and our Patreon. I want to thank friend of the show, Phantomark82, for use of this theme, Stronger Than Fear. Check out Phantomark82's latest album, Duality, everywhere you can get your music. That being Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, everywhere. Tell them Fred sent you. You may have heard him on the Mr. Warren Hayes show, and now you're going to hear him here. Check him out. Wrestle Addict Radio's merch store has all of the freshest looks that you are looking for this fall. The weather's getting cool, so why don't you grab yourself a zip-up or pullover hoodie, and if you're heading over to somewhere where the beach, somewhere tropical this holiday season, pick up a tank top show off those guns and to show that you support the brand sip on your morning cup of joe with a coffee mug sip on your evening pint of a delicious IPA with a beer stein strap on your face mask when you go to the doctor as we have all those things featuring all of us on Wrestle Attic Radio we have the Fretzelmania Collection, the Kings of the Rings Collection, with each individual member, that being our royal and loyal GM King, Ricky Rose, the Queen Bee themselves, VK Murphy, and of course, Willie T, founder of Undiguous Podcasting Solutions, of Talking with Parashuk. Of course, we also have the Mr. YLP Collection, and the Brace for Impact Collection. Also check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio. Not a lot going on there right now, but, you know, in the fall and in the winter, I'm going to have to start bringing back the Fae Five. So check out WrestleLite Radio's Patreon and Spring Store, the cure for the common wrestling merch store and Patreon. Again, big shout out to Phantom Mark 82 Check them out. Back on SmackDown, Crash Holly signs with the blue brand, and Stephanie loves how he humiliated Eric Bischoff on Monday night, and Reverend Devon barges in here to call same-sex marriage a sin. It's not, Devon. And he does the whole typical 
homophobic thing of it's not Adam and Eve, it's Adam and Steve, and it's immoral, blah, blah, blah. And Stephanie's just like, get out right now. And 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 Reverend Devon, it's immoral for a man to impersonate a man of the cloth. That's a sin. 100% that is. Get it right, Devon, you homophobic jerk. Mark Henry versus Yoshihiro Tajiri. Oh, this match is going to be quick. We see right away just a press slam by Mark that that bit where Tajiri is leaning in the ropes, you know, as if he's about to receive the 619, but he gets a seated senton to the back of the freaking head by a 300-pound man. The a handspring elbow is a handspring L no, as Mark just swats him away. Sunset flip, no aloha, Mark. No sit down, no bonsai, just nope, yoink, just denied. A basement drop kick. And Tajiri screams in a way that would win the Attitude Era podcast grunt of the night. Like, I'm not going to play it here. It was just outrageous. Mark Henry blocks the buzzsaw kick. And God bless him, Tajiri tries to lock in the tarantula, but gets reversed into a glam slam. And then Mark Henry pays tribute to the late British Bulldog by doing the running power slam for the win. Stephanie McMahon moderates a chat between Brock Lesnar and the number one contender, The Undertaker. And oh man, if they only knew where this feud would go. I mean, it would go from breaking the streak. It would go to giving us the best laughing meme in wrestling history, maybe even in meme history. SummerSlam 2015. And yeah, it... Man, this feud goes places. And th this is the genesis of it. It's not the genesis of McGillicuddy, because I'm never talking about game show NXT on this podcast. Actually, that's a lie. I just might someday. But Brock Lesnar here, he says that he lets his actions speak louder than his words, and he doesn't like to boast. But then again, he goes and boasts about his... NCAA titles, his Big Ten titles, saying that he's not even a year in and he wins the King of the Ring. He crucifies Hulk Hogan, he beats The Rock, and he didn't break a sweat with Randy Orton. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, not even a year in, you win the title, you win King of the Ring. Yeah, this is the second coming of Kurt Angle. There's a lot of parallels here. You know, Kurt Angle started off November 99. Wins his first singles title in January. The European title. And then the IC title. And then the King of the Ring. Main event SummerSlam. Wins WWE title 11 months into his run. But Brock does that in half of that. And he says that he is the youngest WWE champion in history. Well, until Randy Orton. Full circle, Nate, take a shot. And he asks Taker, how old are you? And Taker, I think at this point in time, would have been in his mid-30s. I'm not doing the math right now. And Taker then, he just leans back. Very chill, very relaxed demeanor here by the, by the veteran. It's like 25. 
and on top of the world. And I've seen that look on your face many times. It's like, you're on top of the world right now. You're impressive, but inexperienced. Son, you ain't been tested. You ain't been taken to places that I will take you to. No one's beat you up yet. I'm going to beat you up, and I'm going to bust you. Life makes no exceptions. Nor do I. Paul Heyman, who in the past managed The Undertaker here, is starting to play a little mind games, you know. Brock Lesnar is driven and focused. Undertaker, you are distracted with family issues, with a pregnant wife. And Taker's like, hey, know your boundaries. It's not about family. It's about business. And to Paul Heyman and Brock, the title is family. It's like, you have to tend to a pregnant wife. Watch what you say, Paul. Okay? And then Paul Heyman's like, you know, if anything ever happens to you at the hands of my client and you can't provide for your family, I'll take care of your wife, Sarah, but not your unborn child. <laughs> Goozle! And then... You know, they throw the chairs away. They get face-to-face. And I can hear Brock Lesnar like, I don't give a shit about your kids. <laughs> Much like Keith Slater's kids. Speaking of not giving shit about kids, we have Reverend Devon versus not Deacon Batista. And right away, Batista here with a double-hand choke slam. Devon bails to the outside. He gets a chair. And then there's another chair just conveniently placed not too far far away. So he goes for that one. Brian Habner says, nah, I take this other chair. Devon takes the other one and bops Batista with it. He screams, I made you at, at Batista here. But then Batista just says, sod it, you're done. Batista bomb. One, two, three, it's over. And Batista wins this match, starting his meteoric rise in wrestling. Backstage, Nydia asks Jamie if... You know, if they'll get married, it's a trap. Jamie, run. You know, much like Billy and Chuck. Yeah. But then he's like, yeah, girl, we're going to have the best wedding in the trailer park. It would put, it would put Ricky and what's her name? Lucy, Lacey. It would put their wedding on trailer park boys to shame. Matt Hardy, version one, sees potential in Shannon Moore. Oh, man. The sensei of Mattitude here is uh, looking to get some students. We have the sensei of Mattitude, and then we have the moron. <laughs> I can't wait till we get there. It's like, you have great attributes. And they were looking over the tape of uh, Matt Hardy versus Brock Lesnar. And Bob Holly walks into the frame and says, you left out the spot where he F5'd your ass. Matt Hardy's like, you know, you're jealous because your star doesn't shine as bright as me. Bob Holly slaps him. And then he says that, uh, yeah, Bob Holly needs a double dose of Mattitude. Backstage, Eddie adores Kurt Angle's medals. A little bit of foreshadowing going on here for a couple of years from now. We're hyping the main event. And, you know... Kurt Angle saying that if it wasn't for your partner, I would have pinned The Undertaker, and I have before. Or I think Eddie says that. I forget I forget who says what here, but then Kurt Angle calls 
Eddie Cheech, which gets a pop out of the crowd. My name's not Cheech, essay. It's Eddie Guerrero. And then Angle is just openly mocking Chris Benoit, who is unknowingly walking in behind him. He's not the rabid Wolverine. He's more like a rabid puppy. Eddie Guerrero is egging him on this because he knows that Chris Benoit is standing right there. More comedy. No, he's a rabid chihuahua. And then Benoit just walks in, belly laughs. It's like, you think you're better than me? You think you can beat me? He has. You think you can make me tap? He has. And then they walk away and Credit was like, is something I said? Just being completely oblivious. Dorky Kurt Angle hidden inside the intense, ruthless aggression Kurt Angle. And I just absolutely love that. Matt Hardy, version one, versus Bob. Hardcore Holly is up next here, and Holly goes for a backslide. Matt does Dex Bob here. Bob Holly is throwing out live rounds and potatoes, and Matt Hardy is the kind of guy who can actually return that. Taz and Cole here uh, talk about something else. For some reason, Taz talks about cheese because they're in Wisconsin, Cheeseheads, Packers, whatever. Go Chiefs. Hardcore Holly with a backbreaker, Matt with a moonsault and a side effect, and Hardcore Holly's not low blow, but yeah, totally a low blow kick You know, when they're on the ropes. A really nice powerbomb, ironic, given what happens to Bob Holly just a week from now. Spoiler alert. Yoda leg drop from the top rope, the best dropkick in WWE by Sparkplug Holly. The Alabama Slam is reversed. The twist of face, the twist of fate is denied. Roll up with the tights by Matt Hardy, but Holly returns the favor with a roll up with the tights of his own to win this match and outsmart him like the wily veteran he is. Rico is planning this wedding, saying that it's going to be an event to end all events. He is standing up for Chuck and being Billy's best man. He's being the best man for both of the men? Oh man, this has sitcom written all over it. Crash Holly finds Cousin Bob backstage, extends his hand out for a handshake. Bob slaps it, just says good luck. Oh man, memories of the Holly Cousins, of the hardcore division. The Houdini of hardcore. Oh man, this this is good. I, I love me some Crash Holly. I'm just so bummed that he's not long for this world after this show. I think it's even less than a year. Oh man, it's sad. Crash Holly versus the Hurricane. And we have a bit here where the Hurricane does the Tree of Woe and steps on Crash's junk, much like Petey Williams of Team Canada but without singing my national anthem. I was about to stand up as like a Pavlovian response, but to no avail. Her across body is her kicked out by her crash holly. Taz and Cole talk about the same-sex wedding. Taz saying that he went to a lesbian wedding or something. Like, yeah, these two tomatoes got married, and I tuned out after that because, I mean, I love Taz, but man, that guy goes on a tangent. I have the Hurricane, a clothesline, a blockbuster, and a shining wizard is all kicked out of. And they still call this move, or Cole does at least, call this move the Japanese shining wizard. And I don't know what to think about that. Crash crashes into the post. A super 
spinning neckbreaker from the top rope by the hurricane, the hurrachoke slam, but Crash rolls up the superhero to win. And after the match, the hurricane shows Crash Holly some respect. What's up with that? Now into the main event is Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, and Eddie Guerrero. Just the three pillars of SmackDown here at this point in time. Versus Rikishi, The Undertaker, and Edge. And I look at this and there is half of the main event of Armageddon 2000. That six-person Hell in the Cell match that was just absolutely ridiculous. Rikishi taking that bump off the top of the cage. You absolute insane man. Angle and Kish start, you know, kicking off the feud that started at King of the Ring 2000 and said, let's do 2000 again. And Undertaker tags in and says, okay, a boot, a goozle is denied. Benoit is tagged in. Kish and Benoit lock up here and Rikishi does the Lance Cade bomb. You know, the Uranagi into a sit-down powerbomb. That was a lovely move. I love that. Benoit and Eddie work over Edge. Taker hot tags in. The match breaks out into a schmoz. Here we see all the finishers. We see a stink flakes to Kurt Angle denied. Benoit and Angle then argue, leaving Eddie alone in the ring to take the abuse, to take a spear, a stink face, goozle, choke slam, and the baby face team wins this match. This was a really fun episode of SmackDown. And uh, man, next week is just going to be absolutely insane. Uh, next week is the wedding, the commitment ceremony of Billy and Chuck. And as I said earlier in the show, I invited Kyle from the Apron Bump podcast to be a part of this very special episode. Now, as some of you know, as you who have been a part of Wrestle Attic Radio for several years now know that Nate and I actually reviewed this years ago on the Game Changer podcast somewhere in the archives there. So you can listen to that before you listen to this to see where uh, see where things stand uh, some two or three years later or however long ago that that podcast was. Time is a construct of human perception folks so that has been it for this edition of fretzelmania follow me on twitter at fretzelmania that's f-r-e-t-z-l-e mania you can also find me on instagram tiktok facebook all all those places please folks join our discord there is a link in the description below here that uh, tells you how you can do that you can come in here and just share memes share life uh, share pictures of your food or your pets or or whatnot. We're, uh, we have a good time on the Wrestle Attic Radio Discord. Please also join our Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you access to a whole whack of shows, uh, none of which that we've, we've done <laughs> in quite a while. But there was a great back catalog of the 20 Bell Salute, Fretz's Fave 5, Watch the Throne, Love and War, Wheelie T's Wrestle Wars that I'm still mad at him for ending. And a bunch of crazy other stuff. Oh yeah, and I can't forget about uh, King Ricky Rose's 
solo project, you know, Tales of an Epic Nature. There's a lot of great, uh, great things in there. And he's a very, very good storyteller. So if you want to learn about the time that he got COVID, well, check out his Tales of an Epic Nature in there as well. Follow the rest of Wrestle Addict Radio at Addict underscore Wrestle on Twitter. Listen to all of our shows, including the King's of the rings podcast live streaming every wednesday night on youtube and twitch and actually a bunch of other places now that i don't know about uh willie tk and ricky they just uh shoot the shit about this week in wrestling and interact with the chat which is usually me sharing breaking news from dynamite or random stupid quips and memes and then there's Nate the effing great, my good brother, my former co-host with the Brace for Impact podcast. And as you all know, uh, Zach, Mr. YLP, is uh, on a little hiatus right now. So I just want to say, Zach, I hope you're doing well, brother. Uh, don't rush. Take all the time you need. We got your back. We love you. And uh, why don't you just check out his back catalog while you're at it. Get caught up on Mr. YLP because he kicks off your weekend in proper YLP fashion with the news of the week. Folks, I'm getting suited up. We'll see you at Billy and Chuck's wedding. Cheers. <laughs>